3: Plus. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on v
4: Lombardi Line with the conclusion of week 16 this evening. Ian Book under center for the Saints, Miami, and Tua right now. That's three. I see Book's going to three and a half. We'll get you updated, get Michael's take on that one. As we say, good morning, good afternoon. I'm Patrick Maher. He, of course, is Michael Lombardi. Hi, Michael. How are you?
5: I'm great, Patrick. Good morning to you. Good morning. afternoon. Hope all is well. It it is.
4: I was just thinking on the drive in. Tomorrow's the day you've been pointing to with these coaches, right? Isn't tomorrow yeah. the day? So we tomorrow should see some action. Yeah. We should. I mean, not bad action for those that maybe let go, but there's there could be some action as far as the head coaching vacancies opening up here.
5: Yeah, and so the rules state you either have to have a vaca va- a vacancy like Jacksonville, or you have had to let your coach know that he's not coming back, which there's no secret. So, you know, and it's going to be interesting to see how this affects competitive balance at the last few games of the season, right? Uh, you know, will Denver make a change this week when they got to go play the Chargers out there? You know, will uh, – you know, what other team is thinking about making a change? Perhaps they'll do something. Uh, you know, will they want to just try to get involved in the game plan? I mean, obviously Kansas City's is, is, I mean, excuse me, Jacksonville's the only team that can do that as of right now. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't expect, I don't expect it. I mean, the Raiders and Kansas City, excuse me, and the Raiders and Jacksonville are the only two teams that currently can do that.
4: What about, the Bears and Nagy, do you think they'll make a move or do you think they'll hold on like they generally do? Yeah, I have? definitely
5: think, th- I think they'll wait until the end of the year and then they'll go from there. I think, you know, one of the things I think we tend to, to not, un- I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Most of the stuff we read is propaganda. You know, it's from an agent trying to put it out there that my guy's interested and, you know, these are the people that are going to get jobs interviewed in Jacksonville and just to get the name in there. I mean, you know, that's really all they're trying to do. So you've got to separate propaganda from reality and see who's really part of it. I, my understanding is Jacksonville is very analytical-based. They're running numbers on all these assistant coaches, retread coaches, guys that have been coaches. They're trying to come up with an analytical, analytical algorithm that will lead them to the leader that they need. Good luck.
4: <laughs> good, good luck. Good. It sounds confusing. And like you said, what the, the, the information we don't know, because there's so much going on behind the scenes is – Uh, We're getting fed stuff on Twitter, but that's probably not accurate. Um,
5: I I mean, I think a lot of Twitter is really, really grossly inaccurate. It really is. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, unless unless it's, hey, this is what's going on. I mean, I've read names for candidates for the Denver job that's not even open, and I looked at that like, seriously? You know, I mean, you know, Scott Turner from Washington's going to interview for a head coaching job based on what? (laughs) You know, what about Wink? Is Wink? Goodwin. Is
4: Don Martindale gonna get? Is your boy gonna get a look this time around?
5: I hope so. I hope he gets one. I mean, you know, the, yesterday was a tough day for Wink. I mean, play, you know, Burrow just put it to him. I mean, I think it's it's really what should have happened the week before with Green Bay. Yeah. Green Bay should have done exactly you know, just throw the ball. They can't cover anybody. I mean, they have nobody in the back end that can cover. It's so, just pitch and catch.
4: Yeah, I wanted to break So I felt like yesterday was when it all kind of caught up with these teams that were really dealing with the like that 20 point win by Cincinnati. Yeah, I, listen, Baltimore literally had just signed dudes off the street to play corner. So this was it, it but it felt yeah. like everything kind of added up, right? With Washington, and they were dealing with tragedy off the field, but they were also dealing with COVID. Like Everything kind of just added up to yesterday, if that makes sense, after the holidays and just the emotional letdown for some of these teams. I mean, the double-digit favorites, Michael, Tampa, Philly, Kansas City, Dallas, they all rolled.
5: Yeah. You know, it, I thought yesterday, Patrick, was a statement. Weekend, I thought the teams that understand what it takes to play in the playoffs, what you need to compete in playoff football, made a statement. Mm-hmm. Buffalo clearly made a statement. Mm-hmm. they were their better team. They came out more physical. Josh Allen took the game over. They dominated the game from start to finish. The score wasn't as close as it indicates. It was a, it was a route, really. And they raised their level of play. Meanwhile, New England couldn't raise their level of play. They've never been in that. They just thought it was going to be another game. But, but December football is not another game. There's a level you've got to get above. And that didn't happen. Same thing, I think, with, with, with Los Angeles, the Rams. Even though he turns the ball over three times, they raise their level of play in all three areas. They get the punt return. They overcome the three interceptions. Sonny Michelle runs the football. Kansas City raised their level of play. Dominated the game, Mm -hmm. start to finish, right? Dallas raised their level of play. They played playoff football. And some of these teams that aren't used to what playoff football looks like, the Chargers, for example, the Patriots, who with a rookie quarterback don't know. And I think that really was the theme of the weekend.
4: I think you nailed it. And again, yesterday, the favorites, eight and two straight up. The dogs, as far as like the whole week, it wasn't as bad for the books because seven and six ATS were the favorites. So it was kind of, but yesterday, uh, seven and three ATS for the faves, eight and two straight up. A lot of it was those big. Double digit dogs covering, as you just mentioned, but let's circle back to Buffalo. It it was, Josh Allen was awesome. I don't even know if the numbers kind of add up to how dominant and just the impact he had on that game.
5: I mean, if you could just capsulize the game in one play, you know, when the Patriots are scratching and clawing to get back in the game, I think it's 27 to 21 at that time, you know, it's fourth and one, and they call, they put the ball in Allen's hands, which the Patriots knew. Jamie Collins can't tackle him. Up comes from the secondary, which be a four-yard loss if yes. he makes the tackle, is J.C. Jackson. And J.C. Jackson doesn't even really get his hands on him. I mean, he makes J.C. Jackson miss, and he ends up getting a three-yard, four-yard gain. I mean, they played at a different level. They played way more physical. They were the serious team. They didn't mess around, and they went down there, and they said, hey, New England, if you want to play playoff football, this is what it looks like. You can't play with us right now. And they sent a message to him. And I think, this, I think the Chiefs did the exact same thing to the Steelers. That wasn't a game from the beginning. I mean, the Cowboys, I mean, that game, you could turn that game off after the first quarter. I was stupid enough to think Washington was going to actually cover. I thought they would, you know, 56-14, to 14, it's not even a game. But this is what I think playoff football is about. And unless you've been in playoff football, unless you understand it as players and teams. Dak's been in playoff football. You know, Josh Allen was there. Indianapolis, that win on Saturday night was a playoff football win. I mean, this is what you need, and I think that little edge is what's missing.
4: So for Buffalo, let's take a look. So they're going to host Atlanta. That number's already 14, 14 and a half. No surprise there. And New England. There's should some
5: get... incredible numbers Yeah, already. I mean, look
4: at New England. It's 15 and a half. They're hosting Jacksonville. The, what happened yesterday, and you and I discussed it ahead of time, the control of div- the division goes directly to Buffalo now. They're in control.
5: Yeah, no doubt. Yep, they are. And, and they'll be in control. I mean, my, the, New England's got a tough game at the end of the year in Miami. They always have a tough time down in Miami in, in, in December, whether Tom Brady's the quarterback or Mac Jones. I mean, look, Mac Jones found out that, you know, the rookie season's going to have some bumps in the road. And yesterday he hit a bump in the road, you know, couldn't throw the ball with accuracy. But the details for the team wasn't very good. They couldn't get the ball to Hunter Henry. They took Hunter Henry out of the game. He had one catch for nine yards. Even though they were able to run the ball effectively, they could never get control of the game. I mean, that was the perfect example of never having control. They couldn't get off the field. Mm. They couldn't get. Out. They never made them punt. What and th- so, to me, the, 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 and I think Buffalo did a great job. New England's linebackers are not very fast. They're physical, not fast. And Buffalo did a really good job of, of working the second level of their defense. And making them have to tackle in space. And the Patriots are not a good tackle in space team.
4: Michael, you mentioned not being able to get off the field. What will be, and I know we know New Year's resolution is not going to be uh, front of mind for Bill. But what will be the point of contention for him coming out of this matchup with the Bills? What will be his number one gripe? Oh, I,
5: I think he basically is, is probably telling the team today, look, fellas, if we want to go in the playoffs, we have to play. We, our, our best game during the season won't get us anywhere in the playoffs we have to raise our level we have to be more detailed more detailed than ever before and we got to carry it out there they played really emotionless i thought they were playing emotionless i didn't see any any sense of energy and i thought buffalo had a serious look to them yeah and josh allen was not going to let that game slip away i mean he was not going to let it slip away and he made the plays that he had to make and and frankly if they were if they were better in the red zone i mean what were they 4 for 6 in the red zone or they were four for seven in the red zone. I mean, they got the ball eight times. They were in the red zone seven times. That's remarkable. They had the ball 35 minutes. Yeah. They kicked them up, And this is the greatest thing for Belichick ever. Because Belichick basically is going to sit there today at the team meeting and say, fellas, it's either, you know, either you want to play like this or we just can't, you yep. know, we're going to have to raise our level of play. And that's the message. And I think it's better now than later. Because you've got to find out how to play it.
4: You know, it's interesting. So they've got an 89% the Bills uh, probability to win that division. And they're going to win it. They play the Falcons. They host them. They close out with the Jets. If they win those two, they're going to win it, Michael. But what is interesting is their first-round matchup would then be the Colts if everything were to hold serve because the Colts are sitting five. It's almost like the Patriots no, while losing control. Nobody wants to play the Colts right now.
5: No, I, and the Colts will go in there, and, and the Colts are playing to a level. I think Frank Wright's Coach of the Year. I really do. I really do. You know, I, I really think he's Coach of the Year. I said it on my podcast today. I think you, when you just look over the landscape of the season, you know, we're not shooting a Hollywood movie here. It's, like, not going to be perfect. This is not Greece. Like, not everything's going to turn out here. So you overcome obstacles, you build your team, and your team becomes really good at the end of the year. To me, that's the Coach of the Year.
4: Yeah, grease lightning, man. Right now, so the so yeah, the Pats I mean, sitting in six. They'd be they'd be taking on the, the the Bengals. You'd rather play the Bengals than Frank Reich and, and Jonathan Taylor right now.
5: I mean, look, I know Joe Burrow is sensational, but you know, I, I think the reality of the Bengals is can they protect good enough when it comes to playoff football?
4: Yeah, I think that's fair through for over 500 yards (laughs) listen you got to take it with a grain of salt literally baltimore had nobody it was
5: it was a it was a it was a replacement team
4: it really was okay when we come back i want to set up the number tonight quickly get michael's take and we'll move on and continue to recap week 16 in the nfl right here on the lombardi line presented by betmgm it's v-sin the sports betting network
3: you're listening to the lombardi line on decent featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now once again here's patrick
4: maher of course football season is here it's time to download betmgm sports it's nevada's premier sports betting app betmgm has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting boosted dot specials and much more download the betmgm app today stop by any mgm casino on the strip bringing that state-issued id here in nevada and you're ready to go 21 years or older gamble uh, responsibly, And if you do have a problem, it's one 800 Okay, this is the Lombardi Line. We are proudly presented by BetMGM. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. I, I want to read this for you from Chris Andrews. Just to give you an idea, Michael, if you want to be a bookmaker during COVID, check this out. So Miami, New Orleans. I'll just read the first little bit here. This favorite flip because Ian Book will be forced to start for New Orleans. This is Chris Andrews here at the South Point. I had Open Saints three, and the first bet was on the Dolphins from a sharp who got in ahead of the news. I took the game off the board for a while and reopened to pick 'em. Sharps took Miami at a pick 'em at one and one and a half. One of my biggest plays, a player laid one and a half. I skipped to two. I went to two and a half. In Sunday's late afternoon session, money finally drove the game all the way to the key number of three, which, Michael, is where we sit now. However, you do see books going to three and a half.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, I think what we saw yesterday with Jake Fromm, you know, a, a fifth round pick from Buffalo, who you know was in the system in, in in New York Giants, not for as much time as Ian's been there, but how difficult it is for these mid round quarterbacks to come in and play and execute and have any kind of consistency, you know, and I don't know where the Saints are with their two starting tackles. They've been out the last two games. That'll be problematic if they don't play. Plus, they're going against a team that relies on a lot of blitz zero. You know, we know that we know the Saints have no explosiveness within their offense other than Kamara. You know, so we'll put Xavier Howard on Callaway or whomever they feel is the most biggest threat and then take their chances with everybody else. It's going to be a hard game, it's going to have to be an underplay. There's no doubt. And the line's 39. I mean, I, th- I think it's still 39, right, Patrick? You got I'm, it down to 37 I, I and have a have half. It, 37 and a half, yeah, it went it? down. I mean, it's got to be, you know, for, I mean, look, and, and Miami's not an explosive, but they're very good yards after the catch. Tua is accurate for all his issues. You know, he is accurate within a short radius. And unless he turns the ball over, I don't see how the Saints are able to generate long drives, go 80 yards and string together 8, 9, 10 good plays. This is the problem when you're playing with a lot of young quarterbacks. Is you, can you? You got to make an, a play. Yesterday, Mac Jones doesn't make enough play. Doesn't make any plays down the field. You don't string enough good plays together. And as the intensity of the game challenges it, it becomes harder and harder. So I think that's why the thirty-seven and a half is the number. I wouldn't be surprised if it touches thirty-seven, and I, and I think three and a half is probably going to be the closing number. Because Tua can at least operate. Now, Dennis Allen's defense is going to have to win the game for the Saints.
4: Well, you've got a future as a bookmaker. Check this out. So Chris Andrews says, I dropped my opening total of 39 down to 38 on the book news without any bets. Sharp Money drove that down to 37 and a half right away, then to 37 late Sunday. We don't see 37s in 2021 very often as far as totals. That's for sure.
5: There are going to be a lot of punts tonight, I think. I, I, I think if both coaches will have to play the game carefully. You know, there will be some trick plays, some way to get chunk yards in the game because I do think that, you know, last week against Miami, uh, Tua didn't cover. He had two interceptions in the game that, you know, one went back for a pick six. The other one they settled for a field goal. And then, you know, Zach Wilson moved the ball down the field in the opening drive of the game uh, and, and so that's where they got their points from. I mean, they got basically they got the opening drive of the game and they got the the return for the touchdown. And so they were and they got the field goal. And so they were able to mix together and play on short fields. That's the only chance the Saints have really. And Miami has played really well and their their playoff futures in front of them coming from where they were.
4: Yeah, both teams still fighting, staying alive. And, you know, it's. They will have the two backs. They'll have Kamara. They'll have Ingram. You're going to see a lot of that, I would assume. For, for those that like the bet props, we can take a look at some of these Kamara receiving and rushing props and Ingram as well. But that's going to be Ian Book's swing passes to these guys if they're not running the ball, I would assume.
5: It's going to be Ian Book swings or Ian Book screens. So you're going to see every screen imaginable today from hmm. the Saints. I mean, you're going to see every screen, a a read screen, a slow screen, a tight end screen, a throwback. I mean, Sean Payton's got them all on that huge list, and he's going to call every one of them, you know, because he's got to try to do something against Blitz Zero. He's going to try to figure out a way that he knows he's going to get pressure from Josh Boyer, and it's going to be right in Book's face immediately. And this is what's going to make it very challenging for Book, because now he's got to change the play at the line, get him in the right play. You know, and that mic turns off at 15 seconds. So when you start moving things around, that ex- lack of experience becomes a real issue for the quarterback.
4: Yep, 7-7. Seven and seven. The Saints look to stay alive. Got to win it tonight uh, to do just that. As far as the Dolphins, they can move into the seventh spot with a win Monday night over this depleted Saints team, Michael, uh, with Ian Book under center. But so again, a seven and seven to two, seven to seven teams coming into this with something to play for. What we like about this is we've got motivation. Last night, we didn't feel like, you know, by the time that game had kicked off, the Cowboys had clinched the division. Washington was dispirited. At least tonight, there's equal motivation for both teams.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Washington's just not a good team. I mean, we've said it all year. They had that little bit of a run where they played better on defense, but they obviously lost too many players. The offensive line is beat up. And, look, let's face it, T- Taylor Heineke's a nice player, but that's not going to get you anywhere. I mean, they they need a quarterback. I mean, they're going to need a quarterback. Heineke looks to me like a backup quarterback. The longer he plays, the less effective he'll become. So it's going to be a challenging offseason. Put Washington down for the quarterback. I mean, they go they got to play Philly, you know, and, and they played Philly – with Garrett Gilbert, they played it kind of close and then Philly separate. I'm shocked that game opened up at just three and a half. I was really surprised. I thought that would be a little bit more. I thought it would be in the four number. Mm. I, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, maybe Washington's going to get some players back because of COVID. And that could happen. I mean, that's, the, that's, the, that's made this past weekend, I think, the hardest ever. Because on paper, how do, how do the Cardinals not beat the Colts? With four of your five offensive linemen out, you lose your left tackle Fisher, which could be problematic. I don't know how how long he's out for, but that's going to be an injury that the Colts won't overcome. That'll be the reason they lose to Buffalo if they have to go to Buffalo, because you can't hide Davenport. Fisher gave them stability. Remember in the beginning of the year, they didn't have Fisher. Mm -hmm. That injury is significant.
4: Yeah, and they're spiraling. I mean, that is... It, it, there was a great, I think it was ESPN maybe, there was an outlet that did throughout uh, Kingsbury's coaching career, go back to Texas Tech, his teams consistently, literally every single year, second half of the season, have regressed. And when, when I say regress, it, yeah. or regression, it's it's pretty drastic. We saw it last year, and we're starting to see it this year.
5: We saw it dramatically last year. Over 12 games are 3-9. and nine. One of the wins that one win came against Philly, one win game against the Giants, and the other one came on the Hail Mary. Yeah. That's right. You know, and so, uh, you know, I mean, that's really the, that that was the problem. And so, yeah, I mean, that's why you have to get your team better, better as the year goes on. And I think that's going to be the key. And that's why th- these injuries. And I mean, today I just saw online that uh, uh, the Colts have even more uh, more injuries, uh, the more COVID plague cases.
4: Yep. It's, it's 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 just a microcosm of society right now. You hear it. Uh, amongst family members, and, and here we go. It, it's just only going to get worse, so uh, hopefully everybody stays safe. Now, if I were to tell you you can't use the Bills, who were you most impressed by yesterday? It was Kansas City as Kansas City starts to roll? Is there a team that stood out to you where we start to project now? This is getting pretty dangerous. This, they could be pretty good.
5: Yeah, I mean, I think it's Kansas City without a doubt. I mean, because Kansas City finally got their offense going. I mean, even without Kelsey in there, they were able to. I thought Mahomes played better. They ran the football effectively. I thought that they were, you know, they took a mother-may-I step. I mean, Washington was horrible. They're missing a bunch of players. I don't discount Dallas. I don't discount Cincinnati. But they were playing against teams that weren't very good. I think the Rams, the fact that they overcame three turnovers and still beat a Viking team was really impressive.
4: How about we were sitting here and there was people were positing, has the league figured out Kansas City? Well, eight wins later, I I would say no. They became the first AFC team to officially make the postseason. Of course, they won their division. It's they're sitting eleven and four. It's like they were two and three, and now they're eleven and four. And there's not many questions about this was without Kelsey yesterday as well.
5: Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, and and look, they're they're figuring out how to deal with the way people want to play them, and they have a game now that's conducive to playoff football. They can really, you know, they can run the football effectively, and they can, you know, obviously place play defense. And I mean, you know, we saw the Chargers run the ball, but Chris Jones wasn't in there. I mean, I felt bad for Pittsburgh yesterday. I mean, this is what we talked about Ben in December. I mean, it just looks so bad. It, and, and he didn't get any help either, in fairness to Ben. But it looks so bad, doesn't it? It,
4: it, it doesn't. He's going to go out with a whimper. And he's had a great career. Yeah. Spent a million years there. Won a couple of championships. But you just said it. I mean, it's it looked bad. And you know what else? They're going to they're gonna get that rookie hurt. I mean, they feed that rookie nonstop. He's their offense with Harris. And it's just like they're going to get. It's It's a weird year because we talk about teams we can't quite put our finger on. But. This this Tomlin Steeler team right now for a better is just so, so confounding yeah,
5: The the Tomlin magic, the Tomlin magic can't come back now. They get Cleveland this week and maybe it comes back this week because they're playing at home. But the Tomlin magic there's just he can't he can't get it. There's just not enough there. There's just not enough there.
4: Well, you know what there were. There were plenty of targets for Antonio Brown as the Tampa Bay Bucs clinched their division and welcome back the receiver with open arms. I want to get into them. I have a couple questions uh, for Michael about them and also Dallas moving forward as a legit contender. Does Michael think they are? We shall continue. And then we're going to get to Will Hill, Josh Applebaum to join here on a Monday edition of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. It's Visa and the sports betting network.
3: to the lombardi line on vsin featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now once again
4: here's patrick maher okay you can save 50 percent off right now vsin all access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special get access to our in-depth matchup analysis trends and picks for every game and sport on the schedule including our exclusive betting splits showing you where the money is going on every game sign up today and you'll get our daily best bet emails weekly betting guys 24 7 video plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39 it's Beeson that's everything by the way not just a bowl guide it's everything for $39 Beeson.com slash subscribe got you back here close out week 16 tonight in the NFL I'm Patrick Maher, live from the Beeson studios here at the South Point Michael Lombardi there I got I'm guessing you may be ahead of this news just because uh, family members but uh, this was handed to me by Matt Santos Panthers head coach Matt rules says the team has somewhat significant number of new positive COVID tests. players and coaches have been sent home and that's via David Newton on ESPN so the loss yesterday and now obviously dealing with um, what many are dealing with but it looks like a somewhat significant number of new positives in cases yeah and
5: I don't know who I don't know how many but obviously I think we're going to see more the Colts had 13 more players today on it I tried to find out if there's any update on Eric Fisher but he left the game once he was diagnosed with a knee he left and never returned and there's been no update from the Colts so you know that's that's problematic we're going to keep going through this I mean you know look say whatever you will the Texans yesterday had 17 guys out they're not a talented team whatsoever And they put forty-one on the on the uh, Chargers. Now, real football people would know that putting forty-one on the board is pretty significant when you are a defensive coach, especially for the Chargers. That was, I think, that was one of the worst performances of the day by the Chargers. Oh, I mean, they just after a ten-day bye, they came out and laid a complete egg. Let Rex Burkhead run all over them. I mean, the thing I think that 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 you have to pay attention to is the fact that you know Staley's team hasn't gotten they haven't been able to fix the one problem that's haunted them all year. They can't stay on the f- their defense is on the field for thirty six minutes. They can't stop anybody from running the ball on them. Burkett hmm. had twenty two carries for one forty nine.
4: Yeah, they were thirteen point favorites. That's the biggest number on the board yesterday. And they lost uh, straight up. So that is by far the biggest disappointment. A team that needed it uh, to continue that po- po- postseason push as well with the Chargers, and they were embarrassed. That's embarrassing. And, and you mentioned that's a defensive it coach. Really is.
5: It's I mean, at some point, when do you fix the run problems? I mean, the, the, the run issue has been there all year long. I mean, they have been able to fix it all season. And that to me, this is why I think you've got to give Frank Wright some credit. I think you just can't look at the record and say, okay, he's the coach of the year. I think you have to look at the record and say, hey, what has this team done? How have they improved? And clearly, you know, Staley's team hasn't, and, and Frank Wright's team has. I mean, he, you know, they've given up 4.7 yards a carry in the run game. You can't do that. I mean, they don't really stop anybody. They've given up. What, what, what I don't think people understand is they've given up 408 point, 411 points. Hmm. They've given up 411 points this year, Patrick. Wow. That is... I mean, they're, they're opposing. Yeah, that's staggering, right? It is. Staggering. You're supposed to be a defensive coach.
4: Got the job because he t- got the job from what? You go Fangio to the Rams one year with the Rams defensively with studs, played well, flipped it to the Chargers job, and was anointed as the greatest coach of all time prior to the last couple Because he weeks. went for it
5: on fourth down. Because he went for it on fourth down. I mean, you know, I mean, they've given up 411 points. I mean, they've given up 154 points in the fourth quarter alone. You know, we, make, we made fun of Anthony Lynn because he couldn't close out games. What about this guy?
4: It's not, it is not going well for Mr. Staley. And that, I mean, shot, like, again, 13 was up, biggest close as far as a number. And it didn't feel like, it was one of those where it's almost like with the Patriots, that it was worse than it looked. Every time I checked in on that game, Houston was just rolling, chunk yardage,
5: just moving well. the ball. Yeah. They were moving the ball like crazy, like, like at will on them. He had no answer. I mean, you know, it it was bad, and and so for me, I haven't seen his team. I've been able to stop the run. I'm not picking on because of the analytics. I'm just judging the team that had to be the most disappointing. And people literally thought he was the best coach in the league, and they think he's going to be coach of the year. I said last week, rip up the coach of the year tickets. I mean, you can you can really rip them up now. I mean, will he learn and grow? Let's hope so. But I mean, this is a little bit of humble pie coming right at him.
4: Oh no, that was by far the worst. You know what's
5: fascinating? Please. You know what's fascinating? the Texans with, with Deshaun Watson last year were four and twelve. As bad as the Texans are this year, they're four and eleven. It's a good point. It's a great
4: point. They're out. By the way, that loss. So the Chargers now tumble all the way out of the playoff picture. They do have a head to head tiebreak with the Ravens. So their remaining schedule includes games against Denver and Vegas. See how much those two have
5: to both play for. Both teams that can, Both teams that need to run the ball. Both and you can't stop the run. Both teams need to run the ball. I mean, the only way the, the Raiders won yesterday is because they ran the ball on Denver. It was the only chance they had. They ran the ball on Denver, and they were able to be successful in the second half, and they kept Carr from, you know, Carr tried to beat him, but he, you know, he couldn't do it. And then the Raiders were able to stop the run, and, and how bad was Locke? Like, I mean, seriously, Oof, how bad was Woof. Locke? Woof. Woof. Buzz. Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. Like, seriously. Chargers Char- Char- I mean, now. I that's so bad.
4: Chargers implied probabilities now 38% uh, to make the postseason. Now your Raiders, the two consecutive wins by a total of, what, six points for the Raiders have kept them on the outskirts, you could say, of the playoff picture. They've got games remaining against the Colts and the Chargers. They're sitting on about a 19% chance to get to the postseason. Uh, but there they are, the Raiders, with the win yesterday here in Vegas.
5: I mean, look, the, the, the Raiders did a really good job. Yes, they ran the ball 40 times. I mean, Jacobs had a really good day running. They ran for 160 yards. Carr only had five incompletions, you know, but he turned the ball over, and he made mistakes. And, you know, And they, Zay Jones was his go-to guy. And if they could get Waller back, you know, they could. But I think it depends on what kind of team. I mean, look, the one thing about the Raiders yesterday, they stoned the Bronco run game. Broncos had 16 carries for 18 yards, Patrick. They couldn't gain a yard. Hmm. The long run of the day was five yards, and that was Drew Locke. They basically put the ball in Drew Locke's hands, and Drew Locke couldn't do anything with it. I mean, you know, and, and look, we said it all along. Drew Locke was one for ten on third down. We said it all the time. I mean, you can't bet Drew Locke, and the fact that Vic is one for seven against the Raiders in his coaching career. I mean, the, the last eight games, I think Vic's only been there for four, four of them, right? But they're one and seven now over the last eight games against the Raiders. I mean, the Raiders own the Broncos.
4: You mentioned Vic. Is he going to come back? What are your thoughts on Fangio there in Denver?
5: Oh, I, I think they're going to make a change. I think there's a, no – I mean, but I feel bad for Vic, this, this – I mean, have you ever seen a team that loves to throw the ball five yards short of the sticks on third down? <laughs> I mean, they had 158 yards of offense yesterday, Patrick. They love it. Against a Raider team, that's, that, that, that's not very good. And, and they got really good skill players. I mean, they have skill play. They had 158 yards. Think about this. They had 158 of offense, and Judy had a 40-yard catch. Right. That ain't so good. So one play got him 40 yards. And, and all the other plays, I mean, it was horrible. They had 31. There were 31 rushes and completions. 31. Meanwhile, they allowed 60.
4: Suffice to say Drew Locke hasn't taken advantage of the opportunity that was provided for a couple starts here.
5: I I I mean literally you'd be better. I mean Josh Johnson, I mean how about him? I mean yesterday he was dicing and rolling. I mean they couldn't stop him, but D- Johnson threw the ball effectively against the Bengals.
4: If you asked the Denver Broncos, all right, you got you got would you prefer Locke start this week or Tyler Huntley? They're going Huntley. I mean they've this is a guy that they've oh. had that they've auditioned and, and, and pretended he could be the starter for the franchise. And Drew Locke's not a starter. He'll, maybe he'll end up – he'll stick around the league Drew Locke's for not years. a backup. He might not be a backup.
5: Drew Locke's not a backup. You can't put him in a game. You can't put him in a game. He's not going to do – it. you can't put him in the game. I mean, to me, the backup's got to be ready to play. He can execute. Like, to me, yeah. Heineke's a perfect backup. He'll go in yep. there four or five games. He'll look really good. You know, he'll get you going. I mean, they could have had Gardner Minshew. They could have had Gardner Minshew in Denver. Totally. I mean, th- this is – you know – and. Now they don't have anybody. Nope. They're going to be a team looking for a quarterback. You know, but Vic, you know, there they are. They're sitting there. They, they, they could have picked the quarterback where they were. They went with Sertan the corner because the defensive coach wants a corner. You know, they didn't pick Well, we got black. We, we, we got Teddy Bridgewater. Well, I mean, you still need a quarterback. I mean, look, when you do the autopsy on a lot of these teams, it's the failure to address the quarterback position comes back. Carolina, Darnold couldn't do the job. You know, Denver, Bridgewater's not good enough. Right, you know, and, and I think it comes back. Washington, Fitzy never even played. We didn't even saw Fitzy.
4: Yeah, Fitzpatrick, what, he injured uh, seven plays into the season. Heineken, but that, I mean. Heineken, he unlike Locke, he took went, advantage. Because when... you just said it. Heineken will be a backup. He's always prepared. He's, he's prepared. He'll come and He can win you a game. But he's not a starter.
5: He's not a starter. But, you know, the the team that didn't, you know, the team that was going along without a quarterback, Jared Goff at the Rams, they they improved their quarterback situation. Yep. And it's here really what it comes down to, you know, and here they are. I mean, say what you want. And I kid, I, I call Carson Wentz Ricky Fowler because I do think there'll be a point where he'll explode. But he played well enough that that, that Reich has done a good job of managing him, controlling him, and, and, and they've gotten a lot out of him. I mean, you know, they're nine and six. They're soon to be, you know, if they can win the next two, they're 11 and six. That's a hell of a year for, you know, and they can build on it.
4: And to your point about the Rams, so they jumped. Remember with Arizona's loss on Christmas, the Rams win yesterday in Minnesota. They're sitting out 75, 75% chance to win that division. So they should be a three seed yep. so they can clinch the NFC West in week 17 with a win over the Ravens and a Cardinals loss to the Cowboys. And who could trust the Cowboys? Who could trust the Cardinals right now? The only question there will be the Cowboys motivation, which you and I can discuss here in just a little bit. Will Hill joins us next year on the Lombardi line.
2: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: You're listening to the Lombardi line on BeastN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. It's
4: BetMGM, the King of Sportsbooks, welcomes you with the lock of the year if you place a $10 money line wager on either Miami or New Orleans to score a touchdown. Yes, it's a low total. We should get a touchdown here. Uh, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets. you got to use the bonus code VSIN200, VSIN200. Go to betmgm.com or simply download the app. Again, it's a new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Reward issued as a non-with. So Essentially, it's paid for in free bets, but you can bet it, so you're fine. 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada. Okay, we got you back here at Lombardi Line. Of course, Week 16, as we just discussed, closing out in New Orleans tonight, Miami uh lane three but I'll, we've seen that juice shift here michael to three up to three and a half mm-hmm. let me just see. Uh, yeah, Westgate's three and a half, you know, a couple offshore books have gone to three and a half, mostly still threes there. So we'll get Michael's official lean there in a little bit. Will Hill joins us point spread weekly. Beeson.com slash podcast. You can check out the New York City pod. And uh, unfortunately, we have to start with his Minnesota Vikings who uh, lost yesterday. So are you going to officially fire Mike Zimmer on the way out here?
6: Yeah, I mean, it was a tough day for the Vikings. It was a tough day for me. I got this new sport card. I don't know if you guys can see it. I'm checking to see if I still have the (laughs) receipt so I can return it after all the money I lost yesterday. It was a rough day uh, for a lot of
4: people yesterday, Will. Don't feel bad about it. I mean, it's been
6: a good year, but yesterday, man, sometimes you have a bad day. You say, oh, a call here or there, a bad break. Yesterday, I just got my butt kicked. No no excuses. It was just bad, but... uh... That's tough for the Vikings because Stafford did everything in his power to keep the Vikings in this game. I mean, three interceptions, two of them inside the 10. I mean, he's just handing you points, and the Vikings couldn't take advantage. And I think that's it for Zimmer. I'm curious what you guys think. If he gets fired, which I think he will, I think that's better than 50-50 that they kind of move on from him. You guys think he gets another head coaching job?
5: No. No. You know, Will, there's the, I don't think so, but there's so many openings. Who's all going to fill them? You know, it's like, who is all going to fill them? And, and it's hard. Uh, it's hard to say that. I, I, you know, to me, Mike does a nice job but in certain areas, but there's deficiencies in other areas. And, I mean, look, Cousins was one for ten on third down in that game. I mean, he couldn't convert a third down in the game. I mean, that was the difference. Yeah, it really was. I He's...
4: think they could somehow – yeah,
6: sorry, sorry Patrick. I think they can somehow get out of that contract. They would take a huge cap hit for next year and they'd have to really swallow a big pill, but that might be the scenario because, look, he's fine. You know, you can debate, about, uh, debate him all you want. I think we all kind of agree with him as much as we debate him. He's okay. He's just not good enough to carry a team for what he makes. And when he's making that much money, you're going to, you know, take some hits on the roster. When he came out of this team four years ago, it was a good roster. They almost made the Super Bowl. They've had to cut corners here with how much they pay him. And, look, he's been there four years. They're going to make the playoffs one time in those four years. I think. You know what, if you can get a pick for him, uh, maybe move on and just kind of reset here because it's hard to build a good roster when he's your quarterback for whatever he's making, you know, $40 million a year.
4: Yeah, and 65, because he got to start late as the head coach there, Michael. So he's 65 at this point. Be curious to see if anybody gave him a shot. By the way, boys, just to encapsulate what COVID is doing and just the challenges we all face when betting on sports right now. So in Detroit at Ford Field, Western Michigan and Nevada at the half is 31-10 Western Michigan leads. Early December, Nevada was a seven-point favorite in this game. They kicked off as a seven-point dog, and they are down 21 at the half because Nevada is playing all backups. They don't have their head coach, but I just and well, I don't know if you played this one. It ended up closing seven, but that's just an example of what COVID's doing to us.
6: Yeah, bowl games just getting canceled left and right. Every time you check Twitter, I mean, this team's got issues, and, and Miami, Washington State got canceled Friday for the Sun Bowl. Uh, one of these teams i forget who it was is trying to get enough players to play so it's tough this is usually a really fun week where you got games all day and all night afternoon games it, it's really a fun week but you know this is the only game today we're losing games left and right here it's too bad yeah Absolutely.
5: Yeah, it is. And, you know, the hardest thing, too, I mean, in college, we have a hard time tracking the injuries. But in pro football, it's really hard to to, not not that this is an excuse for not doing a great job this week in terms of giving out advice. But it's so darn hard to know who's playing, who's not playing and the quality of the backups. I mean, like the Chargers, we knew they were going to miss some players. But the overwhelming factor to me in that game was Houston was missing significant players and they have no depth and yet you know they come out the winner. So th- this has been a very frustrating weekend for sure. So I
4: I had a fr- I have a friend that covers the Washington football team. He tweeted last night whose number whatever the number was, the linebacker playing for Washington, the team he covers, he didn't know who was on the field at linebacker because it was just it's such a fluid situation as far as which is wild. Um okay, tonight this one we're we're headed to three and a half will with Miami and again a low total 37, 37-and-a-half. 37 where are you leaning?
6: Yeah, before I get to this, you mentioned Washington. I think look, I watch a lot of Jets. I watch a lot of Giants. Washington last night that was the worst performance I've seen all year. That was a pathetic performance. Perform uh, just absolutely terrible. I got Miami in pocket at Pickham at three, nice. going on three and a half. I can't play it. I just to me it's a stay away. I know it's a cop out. Uh, I'm not interested in buying back on the Saints. There's probably some props. I know you mentioned Kamara total receptions. You know maybe over number of punts. There's that prop or no score in the first six minutes. Maybe that's worth looking at. To me, I'm not looking to back Ian Book. From what everyone says, he was lucky to even get drafted. The fact that he's starting a game uh, against a defense that likes the blitz. I mean, we saw what he uh, this Dolphins defense did to Lamar Jackson. I don't have a lot of interest. You would think it's an under game, but, man, you're really cutting it thin at 37 and a half. I'd almost play over. You figure, you know, you're going to get some big plays, some turnovers. 37 and a half is a low bar, so not a lot for me. I'll probably look at some props. But, uh, you know, Dolphins actually control their own destiny and not a terrible schedule. Home, uh, you know, favorite tonight against the Saints at the Titans is the tough one. Then they're home week 18. I mean, this team was 12 to 1 to make the playoffs not that long ago, and they got a path here where they control their own destiny.
5: Yeah, I mean, look, I I agree. I agree. I mean, you know, they they've kind of found a way and they throw the ball short and Their receivers have done a really good job of running after the catch. And defensively, I think their biggest improvement was defensively. I mean, they've been able to kind of get that turnover train coming back in their direction, which has really helped them. And that's what are going to need today. I mean, that's kind of how they won last year. They were able to turn the ball over. And when you see it now, I mean, they they went a long period where they couldn't get one. And when this win streak started, they had four turnovers against Houston. And ever since then, they're getting multiple turnovers in every single game.
4: You may want, you're going to have the volume off tonight, Michael. You may want to turn off Twitter as well because you know the Tua takes are going to be flying and they're going to be hot, piping hot. Is he the starter of the future? Is he not the starter of the future? One completion. Told you, I told you, it's going to be, that's going to be nuts.
5: Uh, It'll be. Waddle's fun to watch. If anyone has to see
4: Waddle, Waddle's a lot of fun. Sorry.
5: Waddle's really good, and so is Gasecki. I mean, Gasecki's really good. I mean, they throw the, he throws the ball up to him. He's got 64 catches. He only has two touchdowns. I mean, the one thing they do a good job of, I think Brian Flores, credit them and the offense, they know who they are. He's going to throw slants. He's going to throw swings. He's going to throw screens. He's rarely going to take shots down the field. And if you get in his face, if you pressure him inside out, he, like, like Baker, he can't see it and he can't throw it down the field. You know, I wanted to just follow up on what Will said
4: about Washington being so pitiful last night. How about Dallas? So Dallas, who's been injured, just clinched the division. They're not going to win the one seed. This is very interesting. So they're going to be hosting Arizona, and McCarthy even said yesterday it's now about protecting players. But did you guys notice, and I'll start with you, Will, on Dak Dak looked more mobile. He looked a little bit juicier yesterday than we had seen him in in the previous five or six weeks.
6: Yeah, and I thought they did a good job. I think it was Collinsworth talking about his mechanics, you know, in terms of shifting his weight. They kind of uh, compared it to a pitcher where he's, he's back a certain way. He's not as accurate. He looked a lot better throwing the ball. This offense, that's kind of, kind of why I liked Washington yesterday. This offense for Dallas has been stagnant since he returned from the injury. Played really well yesterday. And it's shaping up for a great playoffs. I mean, uh, it's been kind of a rough last few weeks in the NFL. Yesterday was kind of a boring day. But, you know, if we're going to get a division round with some some version of Cowboys, Bucks, Packers, And, you know, either the Rams somebody else, that's a hell of a division weekend in the NFC. The AFC playoffs are going to be great. So it's going to be a lot of fun.
5: You know, it's a good point, though. I wonder how they're going to play this. You know, if New England is the sixth seed, do they play the Miami game? If or they they can only improve themselves to the fifth seed, do they do that? I mean, I think the seeding is going to play what week 17 is going to be all about this. Dallas, are they going to try to stay the two seed to play Philly again? Or are they going to try to, you know, they play Philly the last game of the year? I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how teams play this out.
4: Here's what it comes down to. They've got about a 16 percent chance Dallas to win the one seed. Uh, They have to win out. And the easiest path would be they win the next two, and then the Packers lose to either the Vikings or the Lions. The Packers are going to want that. They've been awesome at home, Michael. They're going to want the home field throughout.
5: No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. You know, I agree with that.
4: My assumption is at least by the Eagles game, which would be beneficial, Will, for the Eagles, I think by the time the Eagles come around, the the Dallas Cowboys are going to shut it down. uh, But they're not going to get the one seed.
6: No, and that shapes up well for the Eagles because if you play Washington this week, you're favored. Then you play Dallas with nothing to play for. You're probably going to get to ten and get in. Now, if you're Dallas, you you get in a situation where you can pick your opponent. Now, if you roll over and lose to Philly, you could bump them up and then you end up playing San Fran. Maybe you don't want that. So, uh, you know, I would prefer to play Philly as opposed to San Francisco. So, a lot of moving parts, going to be a lot of fun. And hope we can have an NFC title game where it's Cowboys, Packers, and uh, a Mike McCarthy reunion, or some you know Packers, Bucks. It's going to be great either
4: way. And. In terms of the nfc playoffs and the nfc championship game most importantly you got in pocket a pick 'em with miami that means you get the best of it good job although i guess they were catching three at some point so.
6: yeah it's not even the best of number and yeah. closing line value has never meant less than the nfl we don't, there
4: than is than the no such thing before. as clv anymore. never there never. is no such thing will good luck tonight thank you buddy new york city pod decent.com slash podcast i didn't ask michael about Kane and Allen going at it on the sideline. We'll come back discuss. It is the Lombardi line.
0: Offer valid on select AK systems, valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
4: Sumo Play.